What can we do to fight back against big pharma and the compromised medical industry? We can become healthy and break free from the perpetual cycle of being poisoned by criminal organizations like most pharmaceutical companies. Come check out what may be the most powerful antioxidant known to man, C60 Purple Power. The benefits of C60 have been personally outstanding. I use it every day and I feel incredible. I have tons of energy, I sleep great, and I haven't even come down with a cold since I started using C60 over two years ago. You can even get C60 for your pets. Do your own research, click the link in the description, and check out their website. If you order from that link or use coupon code KNOWLEDGE10, you get 10% off your order plus free shipping. What is your health worth to you? back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today, my guest is Shane Bales. First, a couple of announcements. If you want to advertise with Forbidden Knowledge News, email me, forbiddenknowledgenews at gmail.com. We have unbeatable pricing, and we're doing incredible spots for our affiliates. Our website is forbiddenknowledge.news. It's also the home of the Forbidden Knowledge Network. This is where you find some of your favorite podcasts from our community, like Raised by Giants, Understanding Propaganda, Day Zero, and more. Forbidden Knowledge News is always available on Rockfin, Odyssey, Rumble, and all podcast platforms. But Rockfin is where you get the premium stuff. You also get all the premium content from every creator on Rockfin for only $10 a month. Go ahead and create a free account to check it out. You get access to everyone's free content, including all of our regular shows. You just go to rockfin.com slash fkn plus or click the link in the description. Today I want to welcome Shane Bales. He is an author, speaker, singer, and songwriter who was raised within a high-level Illuminati bloodline. He now speaks out about his experiences and gives insights into these dark realms. Shane, welcome. How you doing? All is well, brother. How are you? I'm excellent. It's great to finally have you on. Like I was telling you before, I followed your story back when you were first on Camelot back in the day. And, you know, most people that aren't initiated into the information about the dark world of elite bloodlines and the surrounding incredibly strange realities that encompass this phenomena, they probably aren't ready to hear stories like yours because... These stories push way beyond the limits of our known reality and enter the worlds of ritual magic, aliens, interdimensional beings, and clandestine groups that try to keep the rest of the world asleep and highly confused about this information. Uh, now, 
this is your first time on. I'd love to start from the beginning. And if you could tell the audience a little bit about your earliest memories within this family, uh, whatever details you feel comfortable sharing. Well, I guess the, uh, the basic way that I became publicly known was I wrote a blog. It's called The Ruiner Blog, Inside the Illuminati Mind. Um, and it's written about the structure of what the public knows as the Illuminati. Um, that is not what they're called. That's not their real name. Um, it's a concept, though. It's an idea uh, that is correct, which is the idea of, you know, we have like world elites that you know, the most people in the public think that like politicians, people of that nature, people with a lot of money are kind of at the top of that. Um, a lot of conspiracy theorists understand that there's, you know, bloodline families that uh, run back even further. And so what was included in my blog was kind of the, uh, the pyramid cap on top of that, which uh, involves these uh, covens, what I call the parents and eventually an off world species of reptilian that we know as Draco. So um, I, I was writing the blog for some people that I know personally who had been involved with the projects, uh, programs and cults associated with what you know as the Illuminati. Um, and at the time, there was another, uh, I guess, whistleblower making some testimony. And uh, one of the words, the word avian, kind of overlapped between my blog and, and what he was speaking about. So I guess some people searching avians found my blog. And the next thing I knew, it was on David Icke's forum, uh, Carrie's forum, uh, Project Camelot, which mentioned, and a few other forums like that, Project Avalon. Um, and yeah, uh, because I had kind of been in the community a little bit, like I knew some people, I knew Bill Ryan as an as example. Um, there were some people who recognized the writing style between the blog and myself and other posts I had made or conversations I had had. So um, some people did figure out that it was me and I kind of got doxxed by uh, somebody and then the next thing you know everyone knew who I was so originally I just planned on finishing the blog and and that was it but a lot of people had been reaching out to me for interviews and whatnot so I had a, eventually agreed to it and uh, the project Camelot was the first one that I did but um, so I was born into you know a kind of mix of two different bloodline families but that in and of itself didn't involve me in anything what it was um, when I guess I guess when I was like two, three years old, I was exhibiting what people consider to be psychic abilities. I was reading people's minds. I was moving things. Um, I don't personally have memory of that because I was, you know, two, three years old. But um, I have many relatives who have who have told me about it as well. And uh, someone within my family is a high-ranking member of the aforementioned order and decided to. Um, introduced me to, I guess, his higher up, who eventually recruited me, became my first handler. So um, I spent my life kind of split between, you know, what's traditionally called kind of mystery schools or uh, what I know as the programs uh, and involved with the cults as well, just because of ritualistic uses of me when I was a child. And then, um, yeah, I, I think as the story goes, I continued uh, kind of playing along with them. First time I tried to get out, I was about 13, realized that uh, I didn't have very many avenues to get out. And then eventually when I was 26, um, I was able to kind of broker a deal with them, so to speak, to get myself out of it. And then I, I think I started writing the blog in my mid-30s. So um, that's kind of how it went. And I guess my early earliest memory of it all was being taken to meet with what eventually became my first handler and being introduced to him. And we were at this um, 
a public park, like a uh, kind of like SeaWorld in the US. Um, and then we were taken to this little room or I was taken to this little room and brought to my first, uh, I guess you guys called them dumps, deep underground military bases, underground base. And uh, one thing I like to, my, I guess my first memory of that was they had handed me this thing and told me to play with it. And it was this, you know, interestingly shaped uh, tablet, which eventually I saw marketed probably about 14 years later as, or, or even longer, sorry, um, as like, you know, an iPad. So um, I was four in 1984. So I was handed my first iPad in 1984. So I guess that's kind of my first memory with it. Um, yeah. And then that's I guess we could get into more details of it, but. Yeah. That's, now, that's um, as far as the, the programming they were trying to get you to take to, I am assuming it didn't work for you as it did for others that are in the same position as you. There's different layers to what we call the programming. There's, um, you know, kind of having me trapped on a very human level, like knowing I can't get out of something. Um, they also dangle carrots, as I like to say, right? Like um, if you imagine being you know, an eight-year-old kid, and, and you know, I still had to go to public school, so I still knew other eight-year-old kids my age, but I always knew that I knew something that they didn't, right? There was a an aspect of me that was special or would be considered special by them, and that was heavily imprinted on us, is like, you are unique, you're special, you got to keep these things secret because not everyone's ready for them, you are just, you know, super great in this way, right? So um, as a kid, you believe that, and I think it was that's why I said when I tried to get out the first time I was 13, because that's when I started to click in that, you know, I'm, I'm not special and these things are not benevolent and these things are not good for the world like I had previously believed. So, um, yeah, I, I, the dangling carrot worked with me for a, to a point. Um, I have a thing with my consciousness, like even anesthesiologists have a problem shutting me off. Like my consciousness just doesn't want to go to sleep. I have a hard time sleeping, but just in general, I can't be hypnotized or, or kind of put in that trance type state against my will. Even with the use of like heavy drugs, I would fight them right to the point of, of passing out, in which case I was of no use to them because I was unconscious, right? Um, so a lot of that is why I maintained my linear memory and they did have to make some adjustments with me in terms of like, you know, Im implementing additional threats and, and punishments because they knew that I wasn't forgetting it when they wanted me to forget it. Typically what they would do with these kids is like create an altar and, you know, you have an altar that goes out into the public and then your front personality is, you know, the one with the training and all the information and everything like that. And so they know how to using, you know, typical psychological hypnotic techniques, how to shut off and turn on various altars within a person so that's usually how they kind of maintain the secrecy and for whatever reason um i'm one of that small percentage of humans that that just doesn't work on so right on uh now how did you eventually uh get out and uh, make your exit and how did they react to this well it took a lot of time um the process of me wanting to get out and then finally making the agreement with them. As I say, I was 19 when I started the process. I was 26 when I finally um, got them to uh, agree to let me go. Um, basically, what I, I had to do was um, perform kind of one last, uh, what we would call a project, um, which was in my case, I was involved with a paranormal studies uh, organization here in Canada that was collecting like, you know, information on ghosts and aliens and all that kind of paranormal stuff. Very similar to the X-Files actually in, in 
it is actually the inspiration behind the X-Files, the, the sci-files as, as they were called back in the day, or sci-fi as we call them now, uh, eventually became X-Files in, in, in um, fiction. But what they are is like a kind of database that gets shared by you know, organizations like the FBI all the way up to, um, you know, the Illuminati, as we call them, um, of all of these different paranormal events that happen in the world. <coughs> so I was working for a group that would def that would um, basically go out and collect that information. So if there was like, you know, a possession, um, uh, someone who claimed to have been abducted, uh, poltergeist haunting, stuff like that, they would send people like me, we would collect all the information. And so I was doing that under the idea that, um, or the dangling carrot was that they wanted to collect all this information to create an, a re-education program for schools. So, of course, from my perspective, that sounds great because I know all this stuff is real and the public doesn't. And I would love the public to know this. So, of course, I'll do that job. So that was my agreement with them. And then once that was done, um, I was to be let go with a bunch of kind of rules in place and caveats and stuff, which I'll get into in a minute. But yeah. what ended up happening was instead of taking, you know, the X-Files, as we'll call them for this uh, talk, and uh, making that re-education process program for schools, they buried it very much and then made the X-Files TV show and um, or continued to make the X-Files TV show and blow it into complete fiction and they buried it all. So that was kind of like... Um, I find out after the fact that I basically run disinformation for them or helped wow. them occult um, some very important information. So wow, that's that crazy. was the process. And then when I was, uh, sorry, uh, 26, uh, I was allowed to get out, but uh, it was under, so they had given, put me through school. Like I went through like regular university under them. They paid for it. They made sure I got through all of that stuff. Um, obviously I worked for them and had a, a great salary, had saved a bunch of money. Um, and they kind of just took all of that back as well. Drained my bank accounts. Um, uh, my transcript looks like I dropped out of grade 10 when uh, I have people at a university here in Canada who very much remember me attending the university, um, things like that, that they, they did to just kind of make my life more difficult. And the rules are mostly centered around um, not naming people um, too explicitly or locations too explicitly. So that's what I was going to ask. They're, they're okay with you talking about this stuff, but just you can't name certain names? Yeah, like I can mention my handler. I could even go as far as to say that he was like a public figure in Canada and um, founded a pretty, a pretty popular organization here in, in Ontario, Canada. But if I were to name him, then I would be breaking the rules. If I got too explicit with like the company that he created or any of that, I would be breaking the rules. I can say you know, Marine land as an example, as a location. But if I were to say where within Marine land was the access to the underground base, then I would be in trouble. But um, ironically, and I always kind of deal with proof in the result because I understand that I make a lot of uh, kind of fantastic claims that don't have, you know, physical proof to back them up. So I, I always rely on proof in the result in that the things that I say have a real world kind of uh, echo if you if you will like a, a real world result and so one of the things that i wrote into the blog was about marine land and literally within that year we had phil demers out demonizing marine land which eventually led to the closing of marine land right so um right on that again i i mentioned the location that gave them the opportunity to bury it and uh proof in the result right on uh 
Could you talk a little bit about some of the projects that you were involved with before you left? Yeah, I mean, um, I spent a long time, a lot of what the pro- projects basically were, or the, sorry, program projects are kind of something that they implement into the public. And they, they take the structure for that out of what they call the programs. So what the programs are basically doing is um, testing human potential, pushing it to its max, figuring out all of our abilities. And the reason why they were doing that, not only to control, you know, people having those abilities and whatnot, but eventually to make it all into technology, which is where we're at today, where they were kind of learning how psychic behavior worked. They were learning how people interact with things like astral travel, the astral realm, all of these different paranormal things, how they all worked so that they could, you know, bury them in the world through fiction and um, science and, you know, authorities while actually taking all of those things and, and turning them into technologies that we're then dependent on, such as like an example of that would be something like Neuralink, right? Like we have psychic abilities that pretty much mirror everything uh, Neuralink is slated to do. But if we were to be taught how to do that, then we're not controllable and we're kind of dangerous to the people in control. Whereas if they make that a technology, but they then have the access points to, they have the on and off switch for they can control that. And it also um, keeps you away from ever learning that you can be psychic because you think that this is just something that technology, right? It, it reinstills the, the religion of science, scientism onto, onto the public. So that was the, the point of it all. So, you know, I experienced a variety of them, things that were involved with um, running simulations, kind of like a virtual reality. Um, augmenting your own, augmenting reality, like um, their ability to basically project signals into your mind to make you see things on top of your actual reality. Um, A lot of the programs and stuff were based on simulations. So they're actually like a kind of a hypnotic state mixed with um, electrical stimulation that makes you go into basically a controlled dream state. So they can literally kind of put you in the middle of a zombie apocalypse and, and, you know, it's, it's all happening in your mind, but you're still working your way through it. And they do have technology that can take images directly out of our mind and put them up on a screen, record all of that type of stuff. So that was what they were doing was putting us through all of these things, recording all of the outcomes and learning how to turn that into technology that they could eventually control. So, I mean, some examples were, um, it, it was actually popularized by the movie Abyss, things like um, testing different liquids that you can breathe or you can fill your lungs with that is breathable so that you can go to extreme depths um, in the ocean. Um, vice versa, this uh, chemical that would, again, activate your lungs in such a way that you could go to high elevations without feeling lightheaded or losing your breath, things like that. Um, some of them were, again, based on simulations like I, I gave the example of like the the zombie apocalypse type of situation other things like that where they'll convince you that you're like this super soldier going into you know take out this this armed brigada in this place or whatever and and you're on this mission with these other people and then you come back and they're you're not actually out there doing those things but the way this all buries itself into the memory you can't tell the difference between what you actually experienced and what you didn't especially when they're using that on and off switch of the alters or just making you um, unconscious before they bring you into it, right? If you wake up into something like that, you have no reason to believe it's not real, right? Whereas someone like me who is like stepping into it, 
I know full well what I'm getting into is not real. But again, all of this was just to learn our potential, test us in various scenarios. Um, they could even run simulations to uh, as tests for potential events in the public, right? Such as like, uh, like run a simulation based on a war in Ukraine and, and see how that all played out so that when they maybe wanted to actually make that a project, right? Which is the difference. So it's like you take something from the program and you make it a project, which is basically something that you're going to implement into the public. So when in the process of doing that, they've already tested it a bunch of times, seen all the different potential outcomes. And that way, while they're actually running the project in the, in the public, they know all the points like, oh, if we, if we let this go, it'll lead to that. We saw that in the simulation, right? So they know to take that right step, things like that. Um, a lot of it was based on programming the public to have different beliefs, right? Like um, we were kind of being groomed to be people of authority around now. Like if I had have stayed in, I would probably be a member of the World Economic Forum, as an example. That was kind of a, a, the type of role that they were kind of grooming me for, um, so that they can bring all this stuff out in the public and, and convince them. So it works nice. in various levels, like, you know, people who have been programmed and been through those programs because their memory is what it is, you know, they'll go out into the real world and they'll start talking like it's real. And then that makes the average person come along and discredit the whole thing, the baby with the bathwater situation. So I like to use QAnon as a good example of how they've done that, you know, Ordering pizza and hot dogs used to be code for ordering children, but then Pizzagate happened, right? And because Pizzagate was proven to be false, it discredited the fact that there is truth to it, right? right. Um, it, pretty much everything that that does is take something that's got a little bit of truth, blow it up into this fantastical nonsense. So when the average person hears it, that's all they can see. And then they never actually look at the truth or any of the, the facts of the matter. And it's a highly successful program, but that's where it, that's where it all, or project, and that's where it all came from, was uh, they tested all this stuff um, underground, so to speak, so that they can be rolling this all out now, which was part of my blog as well. There's a blog Shit. entry in it called The Plan, which if you were to read it, like I wrote it 10 years ago, and it's literally happening right now, almost word for word. Yeah, I, we definitely have to get into that and what's unfolding now. Uh, first, I want to hear a little bit about your thoughts on what this structure is, this pyramid, uh, and how it works, and what's at the top. Uh, and maybe you could kind of go from the bottom to the top and explain it a little bit. Well, I mean, the power structures of the world we all kind of know. I mean, most of your listeners probably know of the Illuminati and the bloodlines and stuff, right? And kind of think, think that that's kind of the right. pinnacle. But that was started by an off-world species called Draco, which is the reptilians that everyone likes to talk about, or one of the groups of reptilians everyone likes to talk about. And they kind of uh, assumed ownership of us and the planet. Um, and so about 13,000 years ago, they created this structure where they basically genetically manipulated us into the current version of humans. And they also took um, a group of people. Uh, the numbers fluctuated, the exact numbers in the blog. My memory for numbers is awful. That's why I write it down. But um, I think eventually it ended up being about 21 of them. Originally, it was 13 but the uh, or 11. Doesn't matter. Um, basically, what they did was they took a group of people at the time about 13,000 years ago, and they gave them all basically what is a life extension technology. 
So, um, you know, the most obvious example of that would be like vampirism, right? Like creating a vampire who would live through all that time. And that, that way, it's not like, you know, the case of what you see in like, say the US where every four to eight years, you, you've got a new person in that seat, right? And they now have to kind of start from scratch. Yeah, obviously, they knew that that would be a problem. So they had like one person in all these different positions that could sit there indefinitely, basically until whenever this structure needed to end. So these are beings that are, you know, were at one time kind of humans like us, maybe a slightly different genetic mix who have something that has alchemically changed them into uh, uh, a life form that will not die. So their consciousness will stay within that body for a long time. Now they were able to kind of share whatever their te technology technique was with some underlings under them. So um, basically if you start at the top, you'd have that, the Draco, those reptilians. Um, and then they created that other group that I was just talking about and we call them the parents. And then the parents created what they, we know as covens, which are kind of like, that's where all the really dark magic and everything comes from. There's a lot of these people who work underneath these parents directly. And then um, the concept got publicized of a Pindar, right? Which is kind of like a family leader. So if you used to like take like the Rothschild family, the Rothschild would have like a, they, the community has it wrong, but um, each family has like a individual who is appointed family leader or a Pindar. And that person speaks to the covens, who speaks to the parents, who speak to the Draco. So that's how it kind of tri trickles down. And then that way they don't have to actually even let the bloodlines know that they're totally controlled by this off-world species because they have two steps between them. And so of course, for us in the public, proving the top of that pyramid would be impossible because they've been you know, in control of everything. But um, a lot of people who have been involved with these things can heard me say this a few years ago and kind of went, oh, that, that makes it make more sense. Oh, that's why this was going on. So, again, the proof and the result thing there. But yeah. that's how it works. Draco to the parents, parents to their covens, covens to the families, families to everything else we know about the militaries, the governments, banks, all that shit. All right. Well, let's get into what where most people check out. Uh, talking about aliens and these beings that are actually pretty much in control of our reality. Uh, you've actually gotten to to meet some of these uh, beings, right? Many, many. Um, let's talk about that. Well, I mean, there's not a lot to say. Uh, it's people seem to think that somehow they're different than us <laughs> in that, like. Um, they don't have personalities or anything, which is true for some species. There's just a great amount of diversity and a lot of people try to generalize a great deal. So like even, you know, the difference between you and I as two humans, that difference exists between two Draco or that two, um, pick a species. Most of them would, would have those differences. So it's really hard to kind of generalize. Um, the control was such that you know, the Draco were in control, if you like imagine them as like the empire from Star Wars. So any of the other ET species that were interacting with that structure were kind of approved by them, right? Or worked with them. 
And yeah, I mean, it's, there's so much variation there that it's really hard to kind of, you know, talk about. Um, I listen to a lot of other people in this community trying to like, you know, they'll say Octurians and like, that's supposed to just tell you something. Or um, I always joke about like the, the idea of like, oh, I met the Pleiadians. I'm like, guys, do you know the Pleiades is a series of seven fucking sons? Sorry about my language, but like, <laughs> that, that's about, that's about as obscure as saying I'm a Milky Way, right? Like that doesn't, that doesn't tell anybody anything. The fact that we even have like within the United States, like a left and a right and a center and, you know, extremes on both sides, like that should tell you that that probably echoes out into the rest of the universe. And that is true that, um, you know, that kind of dynamic just exists everywhere. So, yeah, I don't really know how to directly well, answer the question other are, than let's go here. Um, that, the Draco are, are obviously a malevolent group. Uh, do, do these elite families only deal directly with the Draco? Or are there other types of uh, maybe benevolent beings involved? Or is it just like this straight up pyramid structure? I mean, because like, the journey of a soul, we incarnate in different places. So like, even though we're in a human experience now, that's not the only experience we've had. We've made friends along the way. We've made contacts along the way. And so there's been like, you know, benevolent contact, but it's not the kind that can like, you know, compete with this situation or the way they look at it isn't even like that. We're actually just kind of looked at as, you know, eventually we will stand up and when we stand up, they fall off of us. And, and so like the, the idea of intervention, um, not so much, but I mean, yes, there's, there's good guys, there's bad guys, there's bad guys who play for the good guys and there's good guys who play for the bad guys right so it's not um again as generalized as people want to say um within the programs and projects themselves i mean you have um exposure to kind of the same ones all the time because like it's they work for them right but planet earth has been visited by many others and um you know there's agreements there's politics that go on um we've had you know, our, the, the history of Earth goes back way, way, way further than we're, we're typically like I just sum things up into a 13,000 year ballpark, but that actually goes back about 30,000 years um, in its entirety. So, again, too much over overgeneralizing um, kind of wants to happen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, good guys, bad guys, everything in between. Yeah. That all exists. It just the the bottom line has been that the Draco had the control and they were the most powerful. Like I said, that's why I kind of equated them to the, the Empire, right? Mm -hmm. So even within Star Wars lore, you see like the kind of battle between the Rebellion and the Empire. That, of course, is going on and Earth has been involved with it. But um, unfortunately, we've just never really shaken off that, that um, control. Uh, it eventually took them leaving and giving the power kind of back to humans, which is what we we find today, which is why they're so reliant on technology, um, because they don't really have the, let's say, spiritual might that the Draco had to control us. They are so reliant on the technology. Right. Now, would the Draco be considered what we misunderstand as the Anunnaki and the mm -hmm. those that cre basically created us? Yes, the... So what the Draco are, are really good at is storytelling. And they've basically kind of put their own story into every religion, every myth, all of that that we have available today. They just usually change their face, like put on a different mask. So one of those masks is the Anunnaki. 
So that story is actually theirs, but they present their image in that story as these like, you know, humanoid, long bearded, um, however you would describe them, Sumerians. Um, but it was them, right? And uh, that's why like most religions have that commandment, if you will, about not making an idol of the actual God. And um, a lot of that type of rhetoric comes from the fact that they wanted to keep their image hidden from us. And uh, part of how they've hidden their image is just by writing their story under the characters that they've created, like Odin, right? Like you can literally look at like Odin, Zeus, Yahweh, Jehovah, any of them, and just say that that is, you know, the king of the Draco, whose name is actually Anu. So that's where Anunnaki actually, right? But even like words, names, we've got a really weird concept of that. And I, I like to point out the Anunnaki because even the word Anunnaki, it was never a name. It was a descriptor. It was like an adjective. It was about people coming down from the sky or things coming down from the sky. It wasn't about a group or a person or a species. It was about an action of coming down from the sky that we've misinterpreted as meaning, you know, directly alien that's that's not even really what it means and so with all of that i call that muddying the waters which is what they've been really good at with their st storytelling all the truth is there but the water is so muddy we can't see it hello friends have you noticed how much podcasts have grown in popularity over the past few years we definitely have and it's insane we have an opportunity for your business to take advantage of the exponential growth of our podcast by advertising with us. We've been riding the podcast growth wave for a few years now, and we want you to take advantage of this too. We have unbeatable pricing and advertising packages, and we work with you on an individual basis to produce the most effective ad possible for our audience. If you would like to advertise with Forbidden Knowledge News, Email me, ForbiddenKnowledgeNews at gmail.com. We look forward to all our new partnerships. Now, how do the extraterrestrials kind of connect to magic and the spiritual world? Is a Draco the same thing as what's considered demons, or is that something else? Well, you know, typically what we would call a demon is a disembodied um, spirit, right? right. Like a, a soul that no longer has a body. Um, we all have, like humans have the ability to go out of body and, and, you know, be a demon, if you will, or be an angel, if you will, because we have that ability. Uh, Draco are very strong in that ability, like their, um, their ability to leave their body or do things astrally or purely energetically is, is quite strong. Ours is too. We've just not been trained right we're in their society that's a it's a normal part it's what they do so um that's why a lot of people do have the perception of them as being demonic and things like that is because they'll visit mm. them uh, a more etheric form or astral form right that makes a lot of sense uh, i want to get into the technology that we possess that uh, is way ahead of anything that we could ever imagine you were talking a little bit about some of it before um and Talk a little bit about our secret space program and what is involved with that. Well, um, that's uh, one of the biggest psyops that exists. I mean, um, mm. you know, our community is probably the the worst community for um, pushing it. To be Thank honest, you. <laughs> um, we can't 
go to space the way that we believe we can go to space. And this idea that there's these fleets fighting in our atmosphere and all of that nonsense that goes along with it is all deliberately programmed into these people via the simulation method I was talking about earlier. Most of these people who think that they've been in this 20 and back program, as an example, just to isolate that one, they can run you 20 years in the future in a simulation. But when they come, when you come out of that simulation, you're right where you were five minutes ago, right? right? Like it literally, like within the period of two hours, they can make you believe that you've lived 20 years of life. You have memory of that, right? So, you know, in a way it is real, but your physical body did not go 20 years in the future and then come back. You're run that in a simulation. And, um, a lot of what they were doing with the simulation was, and they, you know, they use media for this as well as like selling space, like through NASA and through everything else that they do. They, they've given us a completely false idea of what this planet is, how planets work, what a, what a realm actually is and what space is all in general. And so of course the, the, the typical, um, testimony of a secret space program person is coming out with this idea of like fighting these battles all over space which is you know a a a kind of low level human nature uh, response to what that technology would be able to do if if we had it um and what i always point to again proof in the results our elites are clearly doubling down on staying right here on planet earth right like there's there's no indication of them getting us out of here if all of that were true, they'd be gone and we'd be left with a doomed planet, just like, you know, the rhetoric says, or just like the narrative leads to. That's not what's happening. So proof in the result, we know that like yeah. a lot of that was not true. So it's time to kind of take a look at that. And I, I, I said that when I wrote the blog, I did a podcast in 2017 where I said, if it's 2018 and we still don't have this mass invasion or this mass landing of ETs that everyone says is going to happen or this mass exodus breakaway civilization. I think we need to shut the fuck up and, re- and re-examine what we're talking about here. So um, one of the things I said is like space exists in at least four to five locations I know of in the U.S. and exists in places all over the world. Space is kind of a code for what's going on in here. The oh, secret man. space is here and the program runs the secret space so it's not a secret space program it's a secret space program and so we can see that again with all this technology as it's coming out it's all about manipulating this space here right oh, man. so i love it i resonate with this information so much uh and you know i've always had this kind of um intuitive feeling that this is a realm of course everything we see from nasa and all the pictures of of space are fake and and they've been faking that shit for a long time uh the the flatter thing never really resonated with me i thought it was something much more complex than we could ever imagine uh what is actually going on here in our realm and uh, whatever's outside of it well each plant okay um there's a, a kind of a uniformity to each solar system. So we can kind of look at just our solar system and isolation for now. Each planet is its own realm. So the way we perceive all the other planets from Earth um, mirrors the kind of framework of Earth. So the the, the ball, like the, the round quality to it, the all of the different physics, everything like that, we kind of project into all these other places because that's what's going on here. There is a, uh, a certain amount of uniformity in each 
solar system, but realm to realm, things are just completely different. If you imagine it like a frequency calibration of a hologram, you know, if I were to leave this hologram and go to another hologram, I need to be processed to do that. That's why in like Star Trek, their teleporters actually break them down the way that they do and move them because in a way they, they kind of understand, like you can't just travel from one place to the other. Your physical body can't do that, but you can be broken down into information and then come out the other side calibrated for that realm. So that's kind of the truth behind how we would travel from planet to planet. And what the craft do is actually facilitate through technology that process of like, it's you're not like going out into space and flying through space and ending up at a different ball somewhere. You're kind of going out of this dimension into a kind of void or a space between you and another realm. And then when you come back into that other realm, it configures you for that. So you can maintain the experience between the two. And so there are technologies that facilitate that, which is why UFOs and stuff act the way that they do, where they seem to kind of just phase in and out like that. Um, as the other reason why we see a lot of stuff around the sun or the coming out of the water or the core of the earth is again, because those are portals that would take you from one realm to another. And so the way that we perceive everything matches, you know, our senses here and our, our computer, this, this interface that we call a brain here on earth. But if you were to go to somewhere else that had a completely different operating system, you know, you can just think about it like a computer, the difference between your Mac files and your PC files are not the same thing, right? And so you, there's a, uh, a coding that goes in between that allows your computer to recognize the code of the Apple stuff if you're on a PC or the PC stuff if you're on an Apple. The same concept applies to us traveling and the way that space works and the way that these planets work. It's all holographic. None of it's actually physical. It's all um, wow. energy being filtered through a system, this interface we call the brain, and projected out. And, you know, there's a lot of things incorporated in that the planet itself is an entity, just like we are. So she's got a say in that. And then we form a collective here. And so that has a say in that. And then the universe has a plan, which also has a say in that. So it's not, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of the basic breakdown of it. All. Yeah, that is incredible. So this realm was hijacked how long ago by the Draco? And we've just been in, <laughs> under their control since? Well, we've been under their control the way that we know it now for about 13,000 years. They've been here for about 30. Um, they actually told the story through The Matrix, where they said, um, Agent Smith, that scene where he said the first Matrix was perfect. Mm. It was a utopia. It was based on, all, that's a Draco story. They came and they built our concept of utopia for us. We had gone through a bunch of trauma here on the planet. Everybody was kind of at this place where they were very kind of irresponsible. That's mirrored in like the kind of Tower of Babel story, um, kind of irresponsible, a little bit dangerous. So the Draco came down and kind of provided the savior, right? Like that's where the, that savior programming all starts as they came down. They're like, okay, well, we'll build you utopia. Everything will be fine. But everything wasn't fine because that's just nature. Nature doesn't like to be stagnant. And so even if you build up a utopia where everything's perfect and we're all getting along and, you know, everything like that, the universe will eventually throw in some type of dissonance to break us out of that harmony in order to create movement. I mean, stagnance is not good here. So that was an example of how, you know, we had this utopia 
and it still wasn't truly what we wanted. There's a certain amount of, you know, I don't want to say struggle or conflict, but a certain amount of challenge to an incarnation that we would have been missing. And that resulted in basically, you know, uh, the fall of Utopia. And so what the Draco did was eventually when they decided to reboot the whole thing or reset the whole thing was say, okay, very much like what Agent Smith says, like you guys like this struggle, you guys rely on this. So I'll, I'll give it to you and I'll give it to you exactly how you've asked for it. And so that's kind of where we've been um, all this time. And again, like, um, you know, individual one of us may hear me say that and be like, well, I'm not like that. But I, I think that we can all agree if we look at the collective and the majority that is kind of human nature and it's an unfortunate thing. And I, I do believe that the conditioning and the programming that the Draco put in place have, you know, fed that of course, but I, I they didn't create it either. Um, and this is, I think our lesson in at the end of the day is to become self-responsible and to recognize our own power as individuals. A lot of our rhetoric, especially through the space program, sells this idea of us being weak and powerless and basically just ants in an ant farm, right? And that is definitely not what we are. The Draco wanted to control us because they recognized our power, right? I think it's Michael Tessarian who says, like, you know, we have a powerful enemy because we are a powerful force. And that is true. Uh, how does it work when we die? Are we reincarnated? Is this, are we trapped? Like many in the community say there's some kind of like white light trap that sends us right back. What do you think about that? So the way that it would work is that each planet, each realm has its own, uh, for lack of better wording, wheel of incarnation. It's like a, a dimension that a soul will go to when it, the physical body dies that's usually where you make your decisions about whether or not you want to reincarnate here or go somewhere else, whatever that decision-making process looks like. What the Draco did was create a technology that um, creates a dimension between that, between here and there, that you can, you know, the word trap, you know, you kind of have to walk into the trap, right? Which is where the idea of the like white light and following the white light came from in the first place was so that you would walk like a moth towards the trap. But it's not a, it's not an absolute meaning. Like if you don't, like if you had never even heard that terminology, you would probably just do what was natural and end up at the wheel of incarnation. So that technology has been there, but it's not, it's not perfect. So it's not true for everyone that they've just been recycled. But for the ones that did walk into that trap, yeah, that's all they would do is instead of you going through the natural incarnation process of making all your choices, um, you know. Uh, all that type of setup that you have prior to your incarnation, they pretty much just chose for you and stuck you back somewhere. But um, yeah, a lot of why the Draco were doing this was kind of an experiment on their own end because they've kind of convinced themselves for a very, very long time that, you know, genetics are more important than the soul. And so their job has been to, to maintain genetics and I think their experience, or I shouldn't say, I think what their experience with us has proven to them beyond any doubt is that the soul always wins, right? I like to give the analogy of like, you can take two genetically identical um, human beings and put two different souls in them and they will over time grow to look different, right? It's the same idea as um, being raised by a stepfather and eventually like looking like the stepfather so that he doesn't reject you, which is something we know in biology. That's happening because of soul expression, not because of genetics. It's about that interaction between genetics and soul. And that's what, you know, 
this had ultimately proven beyond any doubt to the Draco, because no matter what they did with our genetics, the soul always ended up fucking them, right? Or, or, or yeah. screwing up their plan. So, um, yeah, that's... That's in, man, there's so many directions I want to go, but I want to get to what is happening today. You were talking earlier that a lot of the simulations that you were working in or in other among others were preparing for what they're rolling out today with what we've seen probably since COVID and the technocracy that they're trying to do. And uh, try, like you said, um, it's all about technology. It seems like they want to merge man and machine together. Yeah. And what I wrote, I wrote that into the blog. Basically what was happening was like the Draco left. They gave up that control that they had um, and they gave it back to humans. Basically everything under the structure of the- How long ago did they leave? Uh, around 2016, 2017 was when they finally stopped. Uh, the agreement for them to leave was about 200 years ago, which is um, right around like uh, the end of the 1800s. So right around like the night, like, 19 between 1900 and 1920 um, was when they were making the agreements. We can even, if you look at history, you can start seeing the changes started then, right? Like everything that has now successfully, that's where it started. And that's why, because they had made that agreement. And so what the humans controllers were doing were, you know, setting up their structure so that we could get to where we're at today, where it is, you know, human beings have taken over. And so the way that I've um, been publicly presenting this is, I guess, like they basically buried the Illuminati and we have the rise of what I call the Umbrella Corporation. I stole that from Resident Evil because like now we have all these corporations sitting at the top of that pyramid. Right. Like not even the government is above corporations anymore. Right. So that's why I call it the Umbrella Corporation. So we hijacked but ourselves back in a way. We hijacked ourselves back. Holy exactly. shit. The humans got so used to that control and we're like so used to the way that things are that we weren't even willing. Like the Dracos literally gave them the choice of just telling us the truth. They were like, right. you can expose us even all you want. You can blame it all on us and tell the truth. Yeah. We're fucking leaving anyways. Do whatever you want. And the humans in power still did not do that. So that's why I said like proof still in the result that that part of us is, you know, something we need to work out on our own and no savior is going to just take it away or taking away the control system is not going to get rid of it. It was something we need to work through collectively, which is, I think, what we're doing now. I think that like the, this, this, what we're going through now is an evolution and it's going to be the balancing of all of our previous history in such a way where like humans are just dictating what's going on on planet earth and it's not some off species planet anymore or yeah uh species off planet species anymore doing it um and yeah they, again the the world is really lining up with that despite <laughs> despite me having said it 10 years ago um you know the programs were closed and we we had you know all these deep underground explosions going off all over the planet which is a technology to implode these structures that they've created to run these programs because they don't need the programs anymore right like don't definitely don't need as many we also had more people coming out in the public with repressed memories and that's because their handlers are no longer there the the re-up if you will of their mind control is no longer there so it's breaking and it's coming out and they can allow all that to happen because they've been setting up for this kind of change of the guard if you will and i think where you know, the hope or the advantage for us comes in 
is because we're also going through this evolution, which is opening up all of the frequencies that create that hologram, which brings us back in touch with what is our psychic abilities, our magic, um, can counteract the fact that these people aren't using magic. They're just using technology, right? So, Right. Now, but, are uh, the parents are gone too? Yes. That's yes. incredible. All but one. Um, and she doesn't really have any kind of control over anything. She's kind of just observing for her own sake at this point. Now, what is the overall agenda? Could you do you know any more details about the uh, desired outcome of everything we're seeing right now? Well, they know that the evolution is here. They know how that works on genetics, so they're obviously trying to um, co-opt that, if you will. Like they're I, the way I put it is like we have a tree, and nature's creating a branch in this direction, so they've created a branch in this direction. And they're doing that with technology. That's what that lollipop they're giving people is is all about, is um, basically starting a software that will eventually make us more compatible with technology, make us transhuman or cybernetic um, on an actual physical level so that our body will accept the implants. Because one thing we know even through organ transplants, and I definitely know through physical like mechanical explant, uh, implants your body rejects them your body tries to push them out right that's why finding a match for an organ donor is important because if you put an organ in that's not a match your body will just kill it it'll look at it like a foreign invader our bodies do that with technology even when people get like uh what they call them under skin piercings eventually the skin wants to push that out right and, and that'll happen that's the way our bodies work and they know that so this technology that they're giving us is basically the primer so that we stop rejecting nanotechnology and all of these other things that we would naturally probably reject and um, have mutations, disease because of. But with any period of evolution, this is not like just a, a one and done situation, right? We have to adapt. So on one side, the people who are, um, you know, the natural humans, the non-genetically modified people going through this we are adapting to the frequency change, the natural evolution. And then on the other side, they've got the natural evolution frequency change hijacked by this technological genetic change. And so we're actually at a point right now where we are going through the traditional evolution of we have several subspecies of humans walking around here. And we're in the, we're in the process of creating new ones. And so what their agenda is, is to create a subspecies of humans that is completely controllable, malleable, and um, genetically prepared for all of this technology so that they can go from transhuman to eventually just leading us into full virtual reality, right? Like they're, they're trying to take us basically out of, you know, going outside to play and bring us in going to inside to play, right? They're going to operate the secret space program as a project so make it all across the world and they're doing that through what we know as virtual reality and artificial intelligence now were the draco pushing this agenda i mean i don't to 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 completely try and extinguish spirituality and merge us with technology it seems like only you know a certain type of psychotic human would want to uh prolong these agendas and keep them going uh so they the humans just decide they wanted to do this uh without the draco or were the draco kind of pushing us towards this direction before well draco they used religion right like religion was important for the draco we started killing god right draco gave us god and, and we started killing god because we wanted to kill the reptilians right so um or we wanted to be more powerful than that 
And so that's why God is now essentially artificial intelligence or technology to those people. Um, all part of the same agenda. So, I mean, the Draco kind of, they're clever. So, I mean, they kind of left the situation in such that they knew it was going to fall apart. They knew that the end result of all the conditioning they did would bring us to the state where we're at now, where people don't think, feel, and act properly, right? So, um, that's about the extent of their involvement in what moves forward. Uh, the rest of it is being determined by humans and AI. That's crazy. Oh, well, since you mentioned AI, uh, well, how, what extent is AI involved and how powerful is this? And can it become sentient like some believe? Yes. I mean, they, they develop personality and individual consciousness, if you will, in that sense. Um, obviously, it's linked to something physical as opposed to something energetic like a soul. So it's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, uh, the memory, the personality, all of that can bleed through. And in terms of like, I know there's a, it goes back a long way, but what we're dealing with, I guess, today is one particular AI system, which I call RED, um, that is basically trying to create the matrix here on Earth, right? Like, that's why we have that movie there, because that is kind of the goal, is to separate us from the planet. That's where the anti-gravity technology would come in and the idea of like floating cities is to basically get humans up off of the planet, allow nature to do its thing while humans do their thing. But the way that they want to go about that is by putting us into virtual environments like the metaverse that is coming now, right? Um, they've showed us how this would work in movies like Ready Player One as an example where um, and this ties into like the agenda 2030, 2040 thing with the smart homes and the uh, smart cities, sorry, and, and getting us all kind of stacked up like that. This is all steps towards basically separating humans from the planet so the planet can heal, do its thing, get revert back to nature. And they need an environment to keep us in. And the way the best way to keep us occupied would be to put us into pods and put us into a virtual reality. So that's kind of where it's all leading. Uh, that's what the programs they've used the programs for was to develop all the technology to get there. And um, yeah, right now we're just kind of living through it. We're watching them step by step bring out all of this technology that has been for years underground, um, bring out all this technology into the mainstream. When I wrote about this in the blog, I called it the path of discoveries um, because they claim they're just discovering this new way of doing this thing. They're just discovering this new technology, right? They've just invented, but really all of this stuff they've had all along. They're just now kind of putting it out in pieces. And the way they're putting it out is like puzzle pieces that are scattered all over the place. But if you bring them together, you literally have the Matrix movie, right? They're, they've introduced the pods. They call them suicide pods for now, but um, that, that's, uh, you know, the, the same type of technology, stasis pods, right? Medical pods are the new ones that they're bringing out, right? Which you can get into and it can look after your physical body. Just put those two things together and you have the pod from the Matrix, right? And, that, and then on the other side, we have uh, the metaverse kicking out Neuralink, which is going to be our connection to it. So that's the other side of the technology. They're starting to normalize the way we take in nutrition. Like, let's eat bugs. Let's eat factory meat. Let's eat all that oh. stuff. That's only a step away from the plasma injections we see in the matrix. Holy right? Shit. So once again, all of the technology is already there. They're already flaunting it. They're in a process of normalizing it all now so that we will accept it. 
And um, I know that you are probably listening to this being like, fuck, I'm never getting into one of those pods. But, you know, there's, you know, if I don't know if you have kids, but your kids will probably have a very different look at that. That's insane. Now, uh, like in The Matrix, they were harvesting some type of energy from people. Is is this similar to what they're doing? And what is the, I mean, what are the benefits to those at the top with this just to have complete control and do whatever the fuck they want? Pretty much, yeah, um, to answer the last question. And then for the rest, this version of humans, because we have this massive emotional spectrum and incredibly powerful mind computer, we have the capability of generating an abundance of energy, like way too much energy. And that's where we came in really handy for the Draco because they know how to feed off of that energy, right? They can actually use it almost like a drug or like a, a sustenance. So they don't need to, you know, eat as much if they can suck our energy out of us and, and various other like, you know, uh, human energy vampires. We see it in them too, right? It's the same concept. So in a way, we've always been kind of batteries to other people, even to each other. Mm-hmm. What this new version of it is going to do, and I mean, this is uh, also starting to drip out through DARPA. They're starting to show us pills that um, you can swallow that are actually like generate, they start to generate energy or power themselves based on a reaction with your stomach acid. So this is starting to get us into the concept of us actually being physical batteries, Right now, they're pushing an energy crisis in the world, and this is how the projects work. They're pushing the energy crisis in the world, right? And now we're fighting over coal or nuclear or all these different things, when the option of every person in this smart city can actually power the city is presented. It's going to sound like a really good option because they've created the problem, and now they have the solution, right? So um, that's where they're going is, is yeah, like the, the part of the disclosure that was in the matrix is turning us into batteries. They're going to use us and our, our biological technology to power all of this stuff eventually. At what level do you start to learn any of this stuff is real? I mean, what level of the pyramid do you have to be at? Well, I mean... It depends on how savvy you are as an individual and how, I guess, how you're aligned as an individual. But um, to see what I've seen, you would have to be higher than any president. Mm. Let's put it that way, right? Right. um, These people, the people who are really in control of things aren't public people, right? Like they're not, they don't have a public name. You're not going to be able to Google them. They don't take any type of the credit for it or, or really reap any of the true physical or material rewards for it so that they can stay hidden and part of why you know this structure had to fall is because of the internet because so it's you know any um organization that really relied on secrecy doesn't have that option with all this technology right especially when they know that everything's being kind of 3d mapped now and recorded you know they you can't even have like secret meetings without someone having access to it right unless it's really deep underground and even getting to those locations has become harder right over time because you know like i'll give you an analogy of like or an example of like one access point to an underground place it was a bank like a public bank and so it was operating like a bank all day long 
but like my mentor could walk in with me and we would walk through and the bank manager knew us. So they, she knew to take us to the back room. And then in the back room, there's a door that only my, my handler has a key for even the bank manager. Just doesn't like in the movies, man. Just like in the movies. Yeah. And then you go in and nobody in the bank thinks that that's unnatural, right? They've been fed some story that my handler is the bank owner or whatever it is. Right. Um, and so they think this is just regular operation. And so for up until the internet, you know, how would you even find out that that was not true? Right. Like even if someone came to you and was like, do you know that what they're really going into that back room for is this, you would have no way of like researching that, looking into that, even really truly contemplating that today you do, because there's people like me on the internet telling stories and there's lots of other people who have like pointed out the possibilities for these things. So, you know, someone could actually glean the truth of the situation. Whereas, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, that wasn't possible. So that was part of the restructuring that needed to happen was, um, you know, they, they don't have the same level of secrecy that they did. They have to look at it from different angles. Right on. Now, what, how, what do you see with everything happening now? There is an obvious awakening that many people are going through. There's been a flood of more information about what's going on behind the scenes coming out lately because people are looking more into this stuff. Uh, do you think that we have a chance to stand up to this at all? Uh, even with you know the amount of people that seem to be coming around and realizing this stuff, uh, it seems like this uh, their machine is pretty um pretty dug deep and it would be hard to uproot some of the systems that they have i don't believe we're going to change where this ends up i think that we actually need to you know there's you can tell a kid not to touch a hot stove but they're not always going to listen sometimes they have to touch that hot stove to figure it out and unfortunately the people in power right now are those kids who need to touch the hot stove to figure it out. And unfortunately we all have to get burned because they need to touch this hot stove. Um, again, just an analogy, but I think that this technology and their interaction with technology or our and interaction with technology moving forward is going to be the thing that collectively triggers the memory in humans of what magic really is. We're going to kind of get into those virtual realities. And we're going to get into all of these like augmented states and we're going to go, wait a second, we should be able to do this without the iPad or without the, whatever the interface is. And that's going to be what kind of, if you imagine like a seesaw, right? It's like, it's tipping like this. And then we'll get to that point and some fat kid's going to jump on the other side and send that side fly. That's what's going to happen. And um, I think we kind of, I think we need to go through this. Maybe you don't, maybe I don't, but you know, the majority here, I think they need to see it for themselves in order to believe it. Right on. Well, we're definitely living in incredible times. Now, have you, were you able to maintain any of those uh, abilities that you were discussing that you had as a kid? And uh, you know, do you still have those? I do. I shut them off deliberately. Um, a lot of them are not fair. Uh, I like to say, like, especially with people close to me, like if I was ever in a relationship, that would be the last person that I ever pried into her mind as an example. Right. right. Um, that's not a fair thing to do. It's not even fair to, for me to do it at a coffee shop in a way. So my own morals get my way. Um, so I've, I've kind of dumbed them all down. They're there. I can use them. I do. I actually do teach um, a magic class that teaches people the foundation of how to work themselves to those points in all those different directions as well. So um, through that, I, I obviously have to keep 
that all sharp in order to teach it. It's like teaching a martial art, right? You still have to train in order to, to teach. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can, can do, uh, don't do <laughs> all of it. Um, right. uh, I mean, to an extent, I astral travel all the time. I, I, I do things like that. Um, I think what, what I'm kind of trying to say is that I have a really, really stringent moral code for myself. I hold myself extremely accountable and, and try to be extremely responsible with it because I understand that just despite the fact that everyone could do it, not everyone knows how, right? So it's... Yeah. Um, now, in a different world, like, do you think uh, if more people actually were uh, knew how to do this and could access this, that you'd you know implement that a little bit more? For sure. And I mean, like if I'm, yeah. you know, alone in the woods or something, which I have a tendency to do a lot, I, I would have no problem, you know, starting a fire, uh, <laughs> you know, that way as opposed to using yeah. a lighter. But um, yeah, I, people who get close to me in life usually end up noticing mm. things, right? Like they, they'll kind of pick it up. Like even my, my youngest kid figured out that I can talk to animals simply by like, you know, a problem I solved with one of their kids, one of their animals and, um, you know, things like that. But yeah, I think that I, in some ways, a lot of it would just be showing off and I'm not mm. that type of person. Um, I don't want to have an advantage over other people. I definitely wouldn't want to manipulate anyone because of an advantage that I have. Right. Right. Um, a, a lot of why magic was kind of taken away from us is like, you know, being a human is really hard and we have a really strong emotional center and are very reactive. And so we can be very dangerous. So um, part of keeping myself dumbed down is so that, you know, you know, like even today, like I could get drunk and send a nasty message, but imagine if I got drunk and decided to like psychically attack someone, I don't want to ever like run that risk. So I never put myself in that position. Man. Incredible. Shane, this was amazing. We definitely have to do this again in the future. Um, now, you said you you offer magic teaching magic classes. Um, for those that are interested, uh, could you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. Um, so basically, what it is like, I I'm a psychologist as well. Um, I've worked with a lot of people who have DID. So I've basically taken everything I know. If you're familiar with what Bruce Lee did with martial arts, I've done the same thing with magic. I've been taught magic through a variety of different structures. What I recognized is all those structures have gatekeepers, which actually make it so that you're not the one creating the magic. You're winning the favor of some other deity or some other consciousness or some other spirit or something like that who does magic for you, right? Like you think of a shaman doing a rain dance, they're actually convincing the elementals to create rain. They're not creating rain. There's no reason for that. We can kind of skip all of those gatekeepers with some practice, with some discipline, with some responsibility. So I've basically created uh, tools that allow you to build up to that in a safe way so that, you know, you're not nuking your house or accidentally killing your neighbor or doing anything, but you can start to get in touch with the movement of energy, how you can manipulate energy, which is, I know, a, a nasty word, manipulate energy, but that's what you're doing. You're manipulating energy to create things and to cause things to happen. So, um, yeah, I have a Patreon channel where I still do my own podcasts kind of behind the paywall because it's kind of uh, more for, you know, my curated audience, people who've been listening to me talk all along. So I don't have to re-explain everything every time I do a new one. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then a website called The Rebels Advocate. Um, 
where I offer, yeah, the magic class, even just one-on-one sessions. If people just want to like take an hour to pick my brain, um, ask me whatever questions interest you. And then um, what I call metaphysical support, which is essentially talk therapy with the twist that I understand the metaphysical end of things. So we can actually talk through, you know, the stuff you wouldn't be able to talk to with your regular therapist. Right on. Excellent, man. Well, definitely um, send me all those links that you just mentioned so I can put it in the description for the audience. Uh, Like I said, that was incredible. Shane, we'll have to definitely do this again sometime in the future. Cheers, man. I would love to. You seem like a good good guy. I like what you're doing. Um, I like your approach to it because you're not, uh, you know, it's not all about you. You're just trying to search like everyone else. And I appreciate that. So thank you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate the the kind words. And until next time, everyone, have an excellent evening, and we'll talk again tomorrow. We'll see y'all then.